0: it's time to deploy the power of scarcity in your e-commerce business. It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome. It is brilliant to have you here listening into this episode because I have a brilliant guest who is sharing some tactics that aren't going to cost you a penny, but which are going to help you sell more products at a higher price point, which Let's face it, it's got to be good news, hasn't it? Um, Now, this episode is all about kind of neuroscience and neuromarketing. So in the vein of that, it's only right that I start with a little bit of social proof. Yes, we've had another review on Apple Podcasts, which, as you all know, when we get one of these, I like to give a shout out to the person who's left us the review and read it all to you guys as well. This one is from Beagley from the UK, who's given us a lovely five-star rating. Thank you, Beagley. And he says, great podcast. He or she says, great podcast. Chloe is very friendly as well as experienced, and knows how to get the best out of her guests. I think the podcast is great for advice. If you're starting or running a business, there will be something for everyone that's really useful. Thank you, Beagley. And thanks for listening to. And this episode is definitely really useful useful. In today's episode, we are talking to an author, the author of the brilliant new bestseller, The Power of Scarcity. And as we all know, hopefully we all know, scarcity is a great way to increase sales without giving away more margin. And quite frankly, that's news that we all need to be learning about, hearing about, and deploying in our business. So please listen to the end of the episode so you don't miss out on my guest's top tips. And my own take on this episode. We're now live with Chloe's e commerce club, my new free online club where the whole e-commerce master plan audience can come together. The point of the club is to help you all improve your e-commerce businesses, to help you solve your marketing challenges, to get supplier recommendations, learn new tactics and much more. We're starting simple and focusing on that core of helping us all get through this challenging year, but we've got lots lined up for the coming months and I'm sure we'll add more things based on your needs and feedback. It really is a club all about you and support. Your business. And yes, I will personally be hanging out in the club Monday to Friday to help you. So, how can you join me in the club? Well, just go to ecmp.info forward slash club. It's totally free to join. So, come and join me and hundreds of our listeners at ecmp.info forward slash club. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Mindy Weinstein, PhD, is the author of brand new best selling book, The Power of Scarcity Leveraging Urgency and Demand to Influence Customer Decisions. She's a leading expert in digital marketing and the founder of the digital marketing firm Market Mindshift. Hello, Mindy. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Well, thanks for coming on and congrats on being a bestseller already. <laughs> Thank you. That's always brilliant in the world of books. Always always a big relief I find when you get that to that point. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, like, what led you to decide to write The Power of Scarcity?
1: That is a really good question. So, for me, what started me on that whole journey, I was working on my PhD And part of the Ph.D. program is you do a dissertation that you research for years and you defend and you do all those things. And my Ph.D. is in general psychology with an emphasis in technology. So I'm a marketing practitioner. So my thought was, well, I want to do something that ties to marketing. And I started doing research on influence and persuasion, just trying to understand motivators for consumers And then I came across the principle of scarcity. And, you know, we've heard scarcity before, but I quickly realized that it's a lot more complex than I ever knew as a marketer and that there's different types and that they apply to different audiences and there's just so much that goes into it. And it was really interesting. So that was my dissertation and I defended my dissertation and about to graduate And then COVID hit, so I still did graduate, but COVID hit, and then the toilet paper craze, like where everyone was going out (laughs) and snapping up toilet paper and all those other things. And I thought, oh, wow, I am actually watching all of this research that I've been doing play out in the public. Then it made me realize, you know, there's so much information on scarcity in terms of academic research let research psychologists know, but it's not out there for businesses. And that's when I realized at that point, watching the world, things going crazy over scarcity, that this is really a book. And this information should be out there to help businesses because it's a very, very powerful really tool to use. And so that's what caused the whole thing to happen.
0: It's one of those ones which As consumers, we know scarcity works, if we stop to think about it for a second. As a marketer, I know scarcity is powerful. I'm constantly on a stage or on a podcast going, you should be using scarcity in your marketing. (laughs) You know, it's going to improve your results. but, But never really getting into the nitty gritty of what that actually means and how to actually leverage it. And I think it's weird for us, a marketing tactic we talk about so often I've been in marketing for 20 years. This is the first book I've come across that actually goes in depth on it. It's mad.
1: It is. And that's why, you know, like I said, when I saw this research, you know, here I've been doing marketing and seeing like all this information that exists. And a lot of the studies that were done would show that certain types of scarcity would draw certain people. Then, you know, there's been research that we've done that shows and it doesn't work. Just is interesting. And I was, Like you, I was really surprised there wasn't already something out there, but I just felt like there's a disconnect between the business world and the academic world. And I really wanted to bridge that with this information. And the other thing is make it in a way that everyone can understand it, too.
0: I expect all of us could somehow manage to get our hands on the the neuroscientific dive in to try and work out the answers and then try and extrapolate, but you've done it for us. So Mindy, you have mentioned a couple of times that there are different types of scarcity, so for any good marketer, should be going, oh, that's intriguing. What does this mean? This means multiple marketing campaigns. So how many types of scarcity are there and, and what, can you give us a quick, what they are and then we'll dive into each of them in a bit more detail. Of course.
1: So there's four different types of scarcity. And that's something, again, really important to understand out the gate, because I think a lot of us think of scarcity and we think of the messages we've seen as consumers that say buy now, running out, things like that. But that's just one type. So there are four types that we know exist. There's time-related scarcity. So that's a time restriction of some type. And we'll break it down as we go, but think of sales and promotions and things like that. Then there is supply-related scarcity, where that's usually a supply... Could be a supply shortage or just a restriction on the amount of supply that goes out there's demand related scarcity where something is running out or is sold out because of popularity and then there's limited edition which limited edition is actually technically part of supply related scarcity but i break it out because limited edition is a whole nother tactic and it speaks to different people. So what's great about limited edition is that you can easily do like a limited edition bundle, product bundle, like you can come up with a certain packaging. There's so many things you can do, but it really does still speak to scarcity.
0: Diving in on that limited edition one. So we're gonna, we'll start with the last one and then we'll go back and do the others. That limited edition one, I think it's the one where we feel like we have some level of control over the scarcity so it kind of fits as the most obvious marketing tactic but it doesn't mean we have to have like 10 numbered editions of something does it we can be a bit more creative with it than that
1: you can definitely be creative and brands have been doing different things with limited edition you know depending on what it is you're selling I mean if it's something that you're producing it's very doing a limited edition packaging is something that you can do you're not changing the product itself or you could do some type of variation on the original but you don't even have to do that. If it's something, you know, your e commerce, you're selling different manufacturers' products, you can do limited edition, like I said, bundles. And that's why I like to mention that, you know, key it up to certain holiday events, things like that. And it's not that that's going to necessarily cost you money, it's just a matter of making something so it is limited. And a lot of companies will do that, and they do that successfully. One thing with limited edition, too, is that's going to draw people in who want to feel like they're unique, like they got something that was unique. That's something not everybody has. And I just want to give you one example, and it's actually from the Home Shopping Networks. And so I was really lucky to interview Kevin Harrington. So he was one of the original sharks on Shark Tank. And um, he also very, very heavy in the Home Shopping Network side of things, inventor of the infomercial, all that So we were talking, and he was just even describing you know, sometimes we might sell something on the home shopping networks, and you know, it's a pot and pan set. But to make it so it's limited edition, add an extra pot lid, and now it's limited edition. So it doesn't, and I thought, you know, that's so interesting because a lot of this that we're going to talk about today, it's not, again, things that are going to cost you a bunch of money or you have to be this huge company throw something a little bit extra in there and limited edition, you got
0: it. I love the fact you mentioned the shopping networks because I think watching a good infomercial or a good shopping network is one of the best ways to upskill your neuromarketing abilities because they are amazing at it.
1: They are. They employ a lot of scarcity tactics. So, I mean, you're going to see supply related, you're going to see demand related, you're going you're to see it all.
0: And there's, there's one which I often see on there, which I'm not quite sure which of your categories, you know, of the other three categories it fits into. So I'll challenge you with this one to categorize it is whenever I'm watching like QVC or something, they never have unlimited stock of anything. You know, it could be pots and pans, it could be gardening implements, it could be, I know, blenders or lampshades, but it's always we've only got 30 of these, we've only got 20 of these. So I'm assuming they've got a lot more than that in the warehouse, but that's how many that's been allocated for those presenters to sell in that time slot. So which one is that? Is that demand related, supply related? I'm guessing it's probably not time related, but which one does that fit into?
1: So supply related, because there is only a certain number of units and it is interesting because that is one of the questions that I had when I was talking to Kevin, because we were talking about that and he said, no, we really well only have that amount of quantity. And so that's absolutely accurate. But what they do is they're not going to get a ton because they also have to see, you know, how is it going to sell and things like that. And so when you see that it's true, I mean, that's it, if there's a hundred left. That's it. Now where you start to see the demand related come up in those you know, type of programming is when they start showing you, oh, wow, we already sold you know, this amount. Oh, now there's only out of the 100, we only have 10 left. Now you're getting some demand related and your heart's going to start pounding a little bit. <laughs> you want to make sure you get that item.
0: Got it. So supply related is we've got X in the warehouse and then demand can actually play into that when we've already sold 50, there's only 50 left. They can play together. They can
1: play together. But, you know, some companies, especially when you think of more of like luxury type products, they intentionally only have a certain amount of supply because that speaks again to a certain audience, people who want self-expression, and they don't want to be buying and showing off something that everybody else has. It's got to be something that's more special to them. And so it doesn't have to be supply related with demand related. Sometimes it is just supply related or like you think about drops. I mean, that's a huge thing now, right? You know, there's always the drop, the drop. Nike does that. I mean, Amazon even has a program called the drop. So I mean, (laughs) it's super popular, but that's actually supply related because they're only going to release a certain amount of product. And then that causes, of course, the frenzy. And I got to make sure I buy this on time.
0: Okay, so anything else we need to know about supply-related or demand-related before we talk a bit more about time-related?
1: There's really two things, and again, it's more the audience and the type of product. So from our research, we know that, as I've said, supply-related is really good for people, your customers, if they want things that are unique to them. And also, same thing with limited edition. And those, like, you think about those people, the ones on social media posting pictures of, you know, whatever the, the latest and greatest that they bought. So they're conspicuous goods, things that you would show off. Now, demand-related, that really speaks to people who also want to conform a bit. They want to be part of the group. And one thing I just want to mention, just a little nugget, because it's really easy to implement, especially in e-commerce, is that you can show demand-related, which is very easy to do, by marking products as best seller most popular, uh, doing wait lists, letting people know things are restocked. And there's something that happens. So, you know, like I said, a lot of times it's, you know, it could be a group of people who want to feel part of the group and they want to conform. They don't want to miss out. That's a huge thing for demand related. They don't want to miss out. But what also happens with demand related, and this is to me a little bit mind blowing or maybe just blows my mind. And I talk about it a lot, it still blows my mind. <laughs> but what's interesting is in our brains, if we see that something is more popular or just got restocked and, you know, our customers aren't really sure which to buy, our brain will automatically focus on whatever it is that's a bit more in demand because our brain takes a mental shortcut. And in our brain it's this must be valuable. This must be good. Otherwise, all those customers wouldn't be wrong buying that. And so it's a very easy thing to do. And so a lot of this, it doesn't take much like adding a little label, like, this is a bestseller or this has been restocked to let people know they have to be on a wait list that causes people to go crazy so all those little things you can do
0: it's interesting how we're now kind of starting to talk a little bit about social proof which is another not as well understood as it should be one of these tactics but before we go fully, you know go off on the social proof rabbit hole, we said we we're going to talk a little bit about time related as well, because this is definitely one that's in the hands of the retailer and the seller, isn't it? This is you have huge control on this one.
1: Yes, and so time related, you know that's a bit different because now there's the restriction on time. and so for the customer, they're actually competing against the clock versus competing with each other, trying to get the last product left. So a time-related, that works with a lot of different products. And so for a lot of categories and actually for just a lot of people, and there's a lot of ways that you can implement it. I mean, flash sales, of course, are a type of time-related scarcity. You know, with the flash sale, the research has shown that, you know, 24 to 72 hours is your sweet spot, you know, if you go a little bit under that or over that. If you go over that, it's not really possible. <laughs> under that, you're going to have some people who are angry who haven't checked their email <laughs> lately. So, uh, the countdown timers, and it's funny because I do say I do talk about countdown timers, and I actually did talk to an e-commerce business that sells an electronic product, and they use countdown timers, and they said when they've used those, their sales have increased, you know, forty percent the reason I'm even saying it's kind of funny is because I feel like we all have a love-hate relationship with them. Like as the customer, it stresses you out because you're watching that, that clock tick down, but you're still going to take action. But we know from a selling point of view, it actually does work, but also promotion. So doing any kind of coupons. So really interesting little uh, psychological research finding about coupons is that there has been research that shows that the feeling that we get when we get a coupon that happiness the oxytocin levels are equivalent to ha- getting kissed
0: really <laughs>
1: so i thought coupons really ignite the love hormone how funny is that or the love chemical i should say so we love coupons but what's also interesting about that Is that if you are even thinking about coupons, I mean, there's more than one way to go about it. You know, you can have, you know, 20% off by this time period, you know, and of course that works. But, you know, what some companies will do is they have, if you spend a certain amount of money, then you get a future, you know, coupon or reward that you can use. And what that does is it actually ignites a bit of fear of missing out because now the person has that, they've gained something, it's exciting. But as they get closer to that time period running out, it starts to get more of a fear of loss. If I don't use this now, I'm going to miss out on this deal. And so we're more susceptible to a fear of loss than we actually are of excitement to gain. So there's different things that you can try and test and see, you know, what is the activity? And as I keep saying, I just love the fact with all of this that, You know, most of them, you don't have to be a huge company, you know, have to have huge budgets, anyone can do it. It's just a matter of what's going to work and watch your sales numbers and, and do some adjustments as you go.
0: You've given us so many things we can test there. I love the fact that because of the way each one of these four is constructed, they're appealing to a different customer and a different set of customer needs. So I'm thinking if I was in charge of someone's marketing calendar at the moment, I'd be looking to test different ones in front of, and see who responds in order to, by, so what I'm trying to say is, Mindy, is it right that we should try and mix them up and do multiple of these across the year, across the month, because they're going to appeal to a different group of customers?
1: Yes, I would mix them up. Now, if you are though truly in a category that's luxury and high end, Demand-related is probably not going to work as good. You can still test it, but that's just for what we know from research. But absolutely. I mean, time-related, like I said, that works for across the board. Limited edition, people like that, that's not a difficult one. And then the other two, supply and demand, it just matters which type of category you're in, but absolutely test them out because I think it's important to, like you said, break it out a bit so you know what's working versus combining a bunch of things together. And you you don't really know which one was the most appealing part that caused your customers to take action.
0: Which is interesting, because my next question was going to be, can we stack them up together, which obviously we lose the knowledge of which one's making the most impact. But sometimes the sum of the parts is greater than the individual parts. And sometimes it isn't. So if we stack them and had like, I don't know, a limited edition t-shirt, where we've only got Ten and they're only available until midnight Saturday, and then halfway through we send an email that goes five have already gone. Which I think I think I've ticked all four boxes there. Is that clever or is that we're doing law of diminishing returns type stuff?
1: No, I mean it's still clever. And the thing is, with limited edition, is there's going to (laughs) only there's going to be a finite supply. Like you're not going to be making those, you know, across the board. So you can do that. It's just what I'm saying is. Trying to figure out what was the actual trigger. That's the only thing. You're still going to get good results with that. And I know a lot of brands uh, that do that. Okay. And I know this is a bigger brand, but McDonald's, you know, they had their huge release of their adult Happy Meal. And I don't know if that was just a US thing or if it was a, a global, but that was limited edition. And there's only a certain amount of supply, of course. And then the demand was insane. I mean, people started selling the toys on eBay for. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so that, you know, is a little bit of a combination. So it can. it's just a matter of though trying to figure out which one was the, the trigger.
0: E commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Do you, like me, have a bit of a software tools habit? Well, I love a good tool and the impact it can have on my business. For me, a good tool is one that solves a problem we have, that can save me and my team time, that improves performance and where the price is 100% worth it. That's why I've always got an eye on the latest tools to appear on AppSumo. Not heard of it? AppSumo is a site where you can buy key software tools for your business once and own them forever. For example, we use a tool I bought from AppSumo in 2020 for $49 to schedule all our Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook posts. In fact, whilst creating and promoting this very episode, me and the team will have used at least 10 tools I've bought from AppSumo. I'm a big fan. So go on, check out what's on offer right now by going to ecmp.info forward slash AppSumo. That's ecmp.info slash appsumo. And I bet you'll find a brilliant solution for at least one of your problems. Go to ecmp.info forward slash appsumo. Do you want more traffic to your online store and to increase your sales? Yoast SEO, the most used SEO tool in the world, is here to help you do just that. It's your personal coach for writing product descriptions that rank high in the search engines. And it takes care of your technical SEO automatically. With Yoast SEO installed on your Shopify or WooCommerce site, you will increase your chances on rich results, quickly optimize your meta tags, and beat your competitors. I use Yoast to improve the SEO across all our websites. And you can join me now and install Yoast SEO for Shopify or WooCommerce today. Just go to ecmp.info forward slash Yoast to sign up. That's ecmp for e commerce masterplan.info forward slash Y-O-A-S-T. So ecmp.info forward slash Y-O-A-S T. It's time for the top tips round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Mindy, are you ready for the top tips? I am. I'm ready. Excellent. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend?
1: Okay, I actually, one of my favorite books is Influence. And that's in the same category as my book. And I actually know Dr. Robert Cialdini, who's a brilliant, brilliant research psychologist. And so definitely a good one because you even talked about social proof. He gets into all of that. And I feel like so much of what you learn is things you can apply in business and also your personal life, too. I may have tried some of those things on my kids, my teenagers, and they might do laundry and be happy about it now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that is a brilliant recommendation for a book. <laughs> yeah, it is, It is historically, it's the go-to for all these kind of things from a marketing perspective, but I think, I think I'm gonna be putting my copy of your book next to it on the bookshelf, most definitely. Great. Okay, the traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves?
1: So, you know, really, it's figuring out and honing in on the actual words that people are looking for. And so some of that could still be, you know, scarcity related, like we're talking about. But I, I do feel like, you know, consumers, their online behaviors have changed. You think about how that works. And it's not Sometimes they'll just put the product name, but a lot of times it's that they're having a question, they're putting in this long phrase. And so just making sure you're capturing all of those people and giving them information and then applying scarcity tips. I think that's really a huge thing that can make a difference.
0: Nice. There you go, guys. It's about getting your messaging right and understanding those keywords. Okay. The tool top tip may be a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day?
1: We live in Asana. So Asana, just so everyone knows, I mean, that's a project management software. I'm a huge to-do list person. So it feels really good when you could go in there, and check things off, and then you can give tasks to other people on your team. And I don't even know how we would run things without that. So that there's so many things that we use, but I feel like that one, if we didn't have in our
0: business, oh, no.
1: <laughs>
0: I don't know how we'd function. Uh, I'm exactly the same. Asana is, is critical. I don't think podcasts would end up getting from us recording it to it landing on Apple without Asana <laughs> in, in my business. <laughs> Oh, okay. The growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them?
1: Can I still say scarcity? <laughs> because
0: I... You can definitely <laughs> okay. say scarcity.
1: Because I do feel like that actually is the game changer. You know, you do all this work, you set up an amazing store, you know, whether you're using Shopify or another platform, but you've got this beautiful e-commerce site but, and you get people there, but now how can you really get them to feel a sense of urgency? And that's applying the tips that we talked about. And I have talked to so many businesses that that was the game changer. I even interviewed the founder of a popular jewelry brand. And it was really interesting when I was talking to her because she said that she was so fearful of running out of product. That was always her big concern is running out of product. Well, she ran out of product. And then send an email out, you know, just letting people know it's been restocked. And that, she said, was one of the things that ended up changing everything. The whole thing of now her business, which is a multi-million dollar business, e-commerce, is that they ran out of stock and people know that. And so they go and they buy and there's best sellers. And she, like, that's that was a game changer.
0: I love that example. It's I, I think sometimes we get a bit scared of true scarcity, but actually it's such a powerful method such a powerful method well like mindy you've given us loads of great tips loads of great advice and kind of opened our mind expanded our minds to the whole remit of scarcity so if one of the listeners wants to, or many hopefully of the listeners wants to know more where can they find you your business and your book
1: yes actually just go to powerofscarcity.com. that'll take you right to the page that talks about my book and you can See my contact information on the site too, but that's the easiest. So powerofscarcity.com.
0: Oh, I love that. Nice and simple. Mindy, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It has been lovely chatting with you and um, encouraging the audience to try some of these clever marketing tactics. So thanks so much for coming on. And
1: thanks for having me.
0: So, I'm loving chatting with Mindy there. And I have to say, I think if you are looking to improve the performance of your business, especially on the profit side of things, as well as the sales volume side of things, you need to have a read of The Power of Scarcity and add those tactics we were talking about those four different types of scarcity into your marketing plans utter no-brainer from my perspective and what i think is particularly interesting in terms of how she's she's separated those out is making it really clear the different types of customer and the different types of customer desire that each of them appeals to. So there's a huge amount of opportunity there. This is definitely one of those things. If you build it into your marketing activity, you will be saving yourself margin, which is what we all wanna be doing right now. To get your hands on the notes from today's show, including those top tips and links to what we've mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, or go to ecmp.info forward slash the number of this episode, and then you'll go straight to the correct episode page We've also put a couple of additional listening recommendations there for you, which includes a couple of uh, e-commerce brands who deploy these tactics very well and talk about it in the episodes. And another episode we did that's kind of um, with another author, which is all about persuasion and neuromarketing, etc. So you'll find that there too. What you'll also find when you get to the website is a way to add yourself to our email list. That will mean you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you were on our email list, you would already know about this brilliant book because I shared it with our email audience shortly after we recorded this episode. So, for the fastest track for what's going on here, be on that email list. Uh, now, if you liked this episode, you can find all our episodes with e commerce book authors at ecmp.info forward slash authors. Thank you so much for tuning into this and every episode that you do of the eCommerce Master Plan podcast. I bring you a new interview every week because I want to inspire and help e-commerce business owners like you to succeed and thrive with your businesses, including progressing along the path to net zero. So if you know someone this show can help, please tell them to listen to the eCommerce Master Plan podcast. I hope you have an excellent week and don't forget to keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-Commerce Master Plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com/podcast. Don't miss out, it's time you joined Chloe’s e-Commerce Club, our free club that's all about helping you grow your e-commerce store. Join right now for free at ecmp.info forward/club.